going. And we are back from Atlantic City. Bernie, wow. back in Atlanta, I'm assuming. I am. And I'm here. I, I'm back in beautiful Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Was Trade you. Uh, was that? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I miss the P, man. Golly. I yeah. do. I miss it. I do like Atlanta. I really do. I mean, do I, you? I, like, I like to visit Atlanta. I like to eat in Atlanta. I like to go to Braves games in Atlanta. Um, there's there last are things three, I like yes. about Atlanta. Those last then, three are fine. But then the best thing about Atlanta, it's oh, like yeah. a leaving, it, it's leaving Atlanta. Yeah. And not having to deal with the traffic. Although oh. I'll tell you here, here in Mount Pleasant, Bernie, it's something crazy. I've, I've heard, I mean, you know, this area, I mean, it's, it's almost, it's not as bad as Austin, Texas. And I know Charlotte, Greenville, Raleigh, I think is, is really blowing up. It's not quite that, but I still think we're up to about 60 people a day moving, moving to the tri-county area here in the low country. And the traffic yeah. literally each day is slowly getting worse and worse. Well, and there's not many ways to get around. Right? Exactly. You've exactly got right. You've got basically two roads in, two roads out. Seventeen kind of cuts through. You've got Coleman Boulevard on the other side. Yeah, you and know, it's not much in between. And then you got forty-one going out where you are, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. It's, well, it's not anymore. Not... I mean, we're moving, so now that's, uh, I mean, that's why right. we're we're in our apartment now. So that's why I'm uh, that's in, right. in our that's right. I'm in our yeah. temporary facility now. But but yeah, you're right. You know it. I mean, that's it. That's it's it. It's just hard to get around. You got Rifle Range Road down there that kind of cuts in between. Yeah, Coleman. you know yep. Dude, I dude, I miss Mount Pleasant. I loved, loved, loved Mount Pleasant. That was, you know, a lot of people say that like the college years were their favorite years, you know, all that. My favorite years of life so far have been the the nine and a half, ten that I was in Mount Pleasant. I yeah. loved it. It's a good it. spot. It's 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 really, you know, when we fly to these other places and then mm -hmm. come back, it really makes me appreciate it here. It's 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 really it's really pretty. But there's but something about the vibe. It comes, with, it comes with a very very high cost. Yes. I mean, the sales tax now is 10 point something percent. It's yeah, ridiculous. It's, I mean, we get it, a little bit of a we get a little bit of a break on our property taxes because of the, the tourism dollars. But man, it is expensive to live here. So, yeah, it's it's just the Charleston air. The funny thing is, right, when you tell people around the country that you you're from Charleston or you live in Charleston, but they're from there and then they find out you live in Mount Pleasant, like they get mad. Yeah. You're not from Charleston. You live in Mount oh, Pleasant. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's right across the bridge. It's right there. I can yeah. literally throw a rock at it. It's right, right there. It's funny. But just to put this in perspective um, about the cost of living, and again, the 10% plus sales tax that you pay to live down here. So Kathy and I are just renting this apartment, right? While we're while we're in transition. It's just a little two, I mean, it's the two bedroom thing. I mean, this thing is tiny. I mean, you can't, you probably can't tell. God, I look like hell, by the way. You told me to grow my hair out. I'm not sure. Well, my that. eyes, man, I feel like my eyes are burning out of my head. It's crazy. Um, anyway, sorry. No, you always look good. The hat and the beard, I like it. Yeah. Um, so this this, this room is, I mean, this room is tiny. So this is the, the second bedroom. So we've got a two-bedroom, right? Twenty-two, let's see, $2,290 a month for a two-bedroom. Yeah, and it's tiny. So that Where might, is it? Might, might put it into perspective for a lot of people. No, the location is great. It's right by Town Center. It's, it's uh, you know, okay. Office 17. It's a great location. I mean, we're, we're you know, I can easily get to, to Myrtle Beach. What's um, the name of it? See if I um, it was there when I was there. Oh no no no! This place this place is brand new. Oh, it, brand these have just built probably about mm, three years ago. Oh, okay. But it's it's I mean I I can literally look across the street and uh, pretty much see town center. And so of so, course to our to to my right, so this way um, is the Ravenel Bridge that takes you downtown. Okay. So I mean the location's good. But, yeah, uh, I used to anyway, live. I mean two thousand two hundred and ninety dollars. Yeah, I mean almost twenty three hundred dollars for a two bedroom. So, but you're so close to the water because I like because I used to live down in East Point. Right there. So if you take if you go down the connector, so you're near the connector by town center then, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. To Isle Palms Connector. Yeah. There's a little road. There's a little a place called East Point. It's the last little housing development before you hit the connect before you hit the bridge. It's right there on the left if you're going yeah. over the water. He still he used to rent a house in there. Yeah, that's a great uh, area. The old days. I miss it. I, I mean, just just just, yeah. just the sound of Isla Palms connector just sounds awesome. It really does. <laughs> it just sounds awesome, doesn't I it? I remember when they built that. When I first moved there, that wasn't finished. Oh wow. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, the problem now, Bernie, is that like when we first moved here in 2010, we could get to the beach anytime. Now you're gonna you're gonna sit for a while. I mean, you can you can sit upwards of an hour and a half or more. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it's like I remember going to Clearwater Beach years ago down in Florida. So you can't uh, get back over in the Sullivan's? 90s. And now you know you know how you got to go across that the waterway at Clearwater to get actually. I mean, you have to go from basically the Tampa area across that. What do you call that? Uh, uh, it's some sort of uh, waterway that you have to go across to get out to Clearwater. And right. and on busy days and holidays, it takes forever to go across that. Same thing with the connector. Now it's it's really yeah. Oh, and then once you brutal. get out there, once you get out there, where do you park? Right. Right, I mean, no everyone parks in front of other people's houses, but over the years, the IOP owners of those houses, they don't like people parking in front of their houses well, anymore. Thank God. Right. So they've limited the number of spots. So it's it's really, it's really, it's become an issue. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we're moving. I mean, it's, it's, it's become an issue, but. Really? Anyway. That's, that's so funny. When I lived there. All right. So the only way to get to this is how it took forever to get to Isle of Palms because you had to go over the old drawbridge Sullivan's over to Island. Sullivan's Island and then drive right. back and. When I moved there in 93, they were only four years separated from Hurricane Hugo. So there was still hurricane damage that you could see and a lot of, you know, destruction. But I remember one time taking a, we took the boat and we went up the intercoastal, just had a day just on the water. We got up by McClellansville, which is kind of north of that area. And there was a full on shrimp boat up in trees. Oh my God! Yeah, McClellanville. McClellanville was basically ground zero. Yeah, and so it, there was yeah. a a shrimp boat up in the top of those live oaks. Wow, that's how high the water had got. That oh my was gosh, crazy. Yeah, McClellanville. McClellanville is a really sweet town. It's just it 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 just never quite came back. Yeah, came back. yeah they have a couple. Of, they have a couple of really good restaurants, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know those people out there saying. We're talking about it's tough to get to the beach. And there's people listening to us right now saying, shut the hell up. Yeah. You, never, they've, they've been to the ocean like three times. You're well. right. What are, what are you talking about? <laughs> By the way, I got bad news for you. Uh-oh. So right. as I'm speaking, again, from our apartment, looking out in the parking lot, the Xfinity truck just pulled up. So I'm hoping that we're not going to have internet issues. Oh, man. <laughs> like of That's... all the days, right? Yeah. That we're going to record. So. Yeah. I think you cut out one time, but did I? Back, so that was probably on my end, though. You probably it's, anyway. it's been a rough day already. All right. So, uh, how are you feeling after Atlantic City? You okay? I know, I know you got sick, actually. You, were, I, you were I've got some digestive, I've got some digestive issues. I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I don't, I don't think of myself in my head as being older, right? Right. But I'll be 52 in a couple months, in a few months. So, might be time to kind of really look into some issues that I might be having digestively. But, uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just tired, kind of drained feeling. I'm sure the players are waxed, right? Just walking on oh my gosh, what a weekend! Yeah. So much energy. I mean, it, it was it, the the intensity and the energy and the play was awesome. I mean, what, what did you? Who all right? Who was your favorite player that you got to see? Um, gosh, well, Jimmy Humans, you know, was my pick going into the weekend, and I got a chance to to follow him quite a bit, and he played really well. Took out he Matt did. Guy, 
you know, in the long day of qualifying. I called uh, that game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just couldn't Yeah, before you came in big timey, for all of you out there that wondered what happened, Wally, <laughs> Kessler, and I were calling games for like two and a half hours. And then all of a sudden, you and Trey just came over and big timed us. Just, just, yeah, excuse me. This is completely big time. This right out of the way. I'm here with Trey Ratter. He yeah, yeah. It, it, it was right after. Uh, it was after that humans <laughs> guy match, wasn't it? Yeah, but you, your guys' matches were probably better than ours. You know who I didn't get to see that I was yeah. upsetting until the like I didn't get to see Matthew Creek Killer play uh, until the very end because they were on different courts all weekend. I literally never got to see him play. Um, all right. So to answer your question, who is my favorite player to watch? It's tough, Bernie. There, there are so many rookies and everyone's getting so good. Um, I'm going to have to cop out and just name a few because because I really got a chance to see um, a lot of players I hadn't seen play live before. Alex right. Hicks. I got a chance to watch him live for the first time. It's crazy. And right? and the match that I watched, he didn't play his greatest, you know, losing. But man, that kid's amazing. I mean, he's so tiny. And 12 years old, <laughs> but he's freaking good, man. He can sling it. He can flat out sling it. And he's getting better. That's yeah. the, that's the scary part. Like he's developing shots. Yep. His repertoire is changing. Yep. Um, so I liked watching him. You know, I love J Jamie Graham. I oh, yeah. I, I, I will always like watching Jamie Graham's game. I just do. Yeah. Um, Tanner Halbert. Uh, I'm not just saying this because Kat's part of our broadcast now. Tanner. Wow, I got a chance to watch him a couple times. Uh, play. Dude yeah. can play. Dude Absolutely. can really play. Yeah. Absolutely. He's, he's, yeah, I really like his bag. So that was fun to watch him. Uh, Creek Killer. I mean, if I had to pick one, the way that he can consistently roll that bag and literally, and like I told Trey on the broadcast, I mean, Bernie, literally, he can put that bag up on its end. That thing grows legs, walks around the, the block, <laughs> and goes in. It's that's, crazy. That's, that's spectacular. I'm call, I, I want to call it a rut, and no one wants to call it a rut. It's like a half roll, half cut that he throws. To where you know it's not like a straight roll where it just like he's literally coming in at an angle, yeah, and rolling and and rolls it around back. So he, he's cutting it as well, yeah. And it's, it's like a half roll, half cut. I mean, it's, it's what awesome. kids can, what what players are doing now with bags is insane. I know, yeah. I mean, the, only, the only the only the only negative thing about about Creek Killer and it, and it was and it was just it was me, not him, is the fact that I didn't get a chance to catch up to him. So, you know, anytime we get somebody that is going to be on the broadcast, um, yeah. I always try to, to hook up with them and try and, you know, learn about their past and their journey and all that kind of stuff, as everyone knows. Right. And every time I tried to catch him, it was during team play and he was playing. So I didn't get a chance to really dive into his background. So I can't wait to do that. But well, um, I got, got a chance to talk to some other guys and, and, and caught up with Mark Richards. Yeah, that was that a lot was, of fun. He was and, my probably favorite player. I mean, just yeah. I got to see him more. And it's nothing like it's nothing like Creek Killer where there's this spectacular bag that it and you know this shot that he has it's just this level of consistency yeah at a sure. very high level that that's not perfect makes mistakes here and there but it is a super high level of consistently great play and it's fun to watch i mean yeah. because it's like oh well you know maybe and the mistakes are kind of randomly spread out you know they don't come in bunches which is good for him yeah oh yeah i agree yep you know, and he he has a great mindset. I mean, when I got a chance to meet him, he's he's a relaxed. PE teacher. Yeah. He's you know you know, uh, went to college, um, is a teacher, a PE teacher, and uh, and was a basketball coach. He's got he's got a lot of coach in him, and he gave and he gave me some coach speak when we were. See, that's when, perfect. Uh, when right? I interviewed him, yeah, and 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 uh, you know, I asked him. I said, all right, one more thing. I said, you know, when you when you go to play here in the championship, you know, what's what's the biggest uh, you know what's going to be the biggest factor for you. He said, play the game, not the name. 
play the game, not the name. I'm like, you are such a coach. Yeah, but the such thing, a coach. Yeah, but, but, the, but but the thing I mean, is, he's becoming times, that name. Yeah, he's becoming I'm, that name. But of all the times that that's true is when you run into Jamie Graham and Matt Guy, right? Absolutely. Play the game, not the name. Absolutely. And uh, but he was he was great. So it was great to and Philip Lopez, such a nice guy. Don't don't kid yourself. Mark Richards is becoming that name. Every player out there knows how good he is because if you listen to players last year towards the end of the year, especially going into the open season when it started, all of them kept saying, well, Creek Killer, Richards. Yeah. Th these two guys are unreal and they're going to be top, top level. And you're like, oh, and we're like, oh, okay, well, they're good Nobens, blah, blah. Yeah. They're just ridiculous. Yeah, they are. And they I, are so good. I, I got to do this piece that didn't air because, you know, I did it. Because <laughs> I, I, I interviewed, I interviewed the players, and they were supposed to like give those little bits in the broadcast, and it didn't happen. Hmm. But why did it, why didn't it air? What do you think? I don't. I think you mean like little it. interview pieces? Yeah, yeah. And it just, I like that. I like that. I'll talk to you. It, it wasn't was me. It, uh... it wasn't me. It was like I was off camera asking them yeah. questions, and and I asked uh, Alex Rawls and Matthew Creekiller the same question, and I'm going to talk about it right now since it didn't get to air. Do it. Last year, Trey Ryder had mentioned that last year's rookie class would be considered the greatest rookie class of all time. Yeah. That guy, Brett Guy, Eric Davis, just to name a few. This year's class is probably going to end up being better from a depth from depth. From depth, from yeah. One through 15, one through 20, one through 30, a better class last year's class. I mean, look at what Creek Killer's already done. Look at what Mark Richards has already done. Look at Alex Rawls, look at, I mean, you yep. start, Alex, you start going down these names and it's like, wow. And so that's the question I was asking them because it was, you know, two rookies. And I was like, so, I mean, look at what Jacob Trzinski's already done. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, look at, I mean, you could just start going down name after name after name. And by the way, Tanner Halbert, I mean, obviously these players have played a long time, but yeah. from ACL perspective, they are rookies. They are making last year's class. Does pedestrian is that the right word? I mean, like they don't—they're just. Yeah, well, so I, I think you, I think good. you said it best when you said depth. It's yeah. There's just yeah, so. I deep. mean, as far as far as as far as national champions go and world champions, will it have more? I don't know, but it, 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 this if, year, if it's deeper, if it's deeper, it has. It obviously has a chance to have more. Yeah, it's so de depth, depth for sure. But you know what? Do we need to? You know, thinking about this, and I don't mean to put you on the spot or me on the spot for that matter. Do we need to? Do we need to recategorize this? Instead of calling it rookie class, I mean, maybe like, like newcomer class because these maybe. guys, I mean, like Matt Guy, because they're not rookies. Really rookie. no. Yeah, they've been playing at a high level of cornhole for a decade. Yeah, um, like newcomer class or something like that. You know? Yeah, you know what? You're probably right. We should probably tell Stacy and Trey that maybe maybe it needs a different Ser name, a different classification. Because yeah. rookie, rookie is, is the connotation of rookie is not what these people are. However, right. the Trzinskis, the Richards, are closer to rookies. You know, they haven't been playing for decades, right? They haven't been playing for years and years. They've, they're within the first two, three years of picking up the game, which is astounding how well they're able to play, especially, oh in, especially in pressure situations. But I, uh, I, Philip Lopez, you brought him up. He was interesting to me. I, he's done so well in singles in the Open Series, and he's played well in singles already this year in the mm -hmm. ACL Nationals. But when you're playing with a guy like Mark Richards, you're you're going to be the other player. Yep. He and he fully admits that. Fully you know, admits that. You know what I mean? And and it's like 
that's got to be kind of easy er easy er to do that because you're not the yeah. new, right you can just yep. oh i made a mistake well i'm supposed to make mistakes i'm the lesser of the two players you know he I mean? totally like, he totally admitted that to me when i was talking to him <laughs> and he? yeah and, and i and, and i said to him you know so what's your key when you guys are playing together and he said jeff he's like i literally am just trying to get the bags back to mark and i'm like whatever dude i'm like you're a good player i'm like i'm like are you are you being modest or do you mean that he's like jeff i'm dead serious mark is a better player than me right now and even though even though philip's been playing longer and yeah. philip remembers when mark started He's like yeah. Mark. Mark is a better player than me, and, and is going to have a higher ceiling than me. So that's so true. Liter that's literally, probably true. Actually, so that's literally, true. I'm just trying to, you know, score tens, play well, don't give up big rounds, and get the bags back to him. So I don't know if that's easy or not, but that's exactly what he said to me. But that's that's pretty cool. Either. He's that's a stay-at-home dad, yeah. and his his focus really is on his kid now. I mean, he's really, he's really. We we have such great people in the sport. I'm telling you. Yeah. And I speaking know. of which, thank you to to uh, you were doing a lot of streaming, so I'm not sure you got a chance to really mingle. But uh, just a, just a quick shout out and a thank you to everyone who came up to me and talked about the show, because you know you don't always get a lot of feedback on this, and you know we we've got an email inbox, but really no one ever uses it. You know we get some <laughs> we get some shout outs on, on I mean, social media. People can talk to us if they want. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram and. Yeah, I'm not even sure if I'm doing the Twitter thing anymore, but there's ways of getting us borderline show at gmail.com. No one uses that. But anyway, so, you know, we, you know, we don't know. We don't know what we're doing. You know, I mean, do people like guests and then not like guests? Um, but it was great to finally get some feedback this, this weekend from people and uh, some really great comments about you. Everyone is really digging the meet Jeff and Bernie segment that we'll get to. They want, yeah. they want a little bit more of that. So we'll do that. But thank you to everyone who came up um, with the suggestions and the comments and, and all the great uh support for the show because i'm having a ton of fun doing this yeah it's a blast yeah and we want to keep it rolling so oh by the way there. speaking of that since you brought it up i'm glad you did because i was gonna have to get to it sooner or later i cannot remember who said that i had to mention seeing them at that after party thing that we had and i ran into someone there and i cannot he's like man you better talk about me when you're on borderline it was kind of hazy <laughs> i was gonna say by that kinda, point there, there was like several people that said that so i can't differentiate at this point at the Bacardi private party <laughs> yeah that that we're invited to yeah. you're, you're not going to remember no and I don't I ain't mad at your brother seriously no, not it was uh because I, I wasn't either. going I wasn't going I really was I was like I'm not I'm too old you know I don't want to get in there and get all hammered and just yeah. act like an idiot you know yeah I skipped I skipped Whoops. Those ones too. I was I was so tired and I went and just you know yeah I, really I wish was. I would have gone. I heard I heard I heard it was good. It was fun. But David Harris, who we've had on the show, our producer, David had a hooded sweatshirt on and uh I, he wasn't gonna meet the dress code. So he was gonna go to the sports book and watch the last game of the day by himself. And I'm like, I'm not gonna let you go by yourself. So I actually went with David over to the sports book and nice. I won some money in Wisconsin. So won a hundred bucks. Man, they were not nice the next game though. No. Over no. Iowa State. I was like, come on, I I, I thought that was easy money for some reason. I'm wrong. They didn't even score 50 points. By the way, I think we just talked the most cornhole that Ever. we probably talked since, <laughs> since we started the show. Ever. Probably, right? Ever. Yeah. That was, uh, I mean, I, look, that was, Nationals are fun, right? Nationals we are even, a lot of fun. We haven't even talked about Super Bowl yet. Super Bowl. I, I can't say much about it because I missed it. Super Bowl was a hot mess as far as the broadcast goes, but that, <laughs> but, but that's a good thing. It really is. And, and the and the uh, celebrities, uh, I mean, the pros are already good. The celebrities, Bernie, 
so much fun. They were all great people. They were engaging. They were outgoing. Uh, they were fun on the air. They were fun to watch. They were actually pretty decent. Uh, I heard the Mike, guy. What was the guy's name that was The Bachelor? Dale Moss. Dale Moss. I heard Dale was hitting on the ladies backstage. No way. <laughs> he wasn't really, was he? Was he? Maybe he was. I don't know. Um, it's kind of his job, right? Yeah, super nice guy. Yeah, he, yeah he, was, he was. But again, like Trey and I joked, I mean, you've got Callie Bundy, Dale Moss, um, sitting out, you know, sitting on the air with us. And all of a sudden, like, I'm not feeling very good about myself, like, like major insecurity because Dale is like a super awesome, like tall, dark, handsome by definition. Right. Yeah. And then Callie obviously is a fitness model. And Trey and I are like, what, what, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> yeah. we, we don't look very good right now. <clears throat> well, imagine what I would have done if I'd have been out there. I'd have just run and hid. <laughs> I don't know, man. I like, the, I like the look you got going on. I like the beard. I, I, I look like I need a shower, maybe a shave, like, like maybe a barber. Um, all right. So the one, the one, the one <laughs> no, I like it. I, seriously, I like it. Um, Bitches. All right. So the one, the one thing that I definitely heard was that we have to leave more time for me, Jeff and Bernie. Okay. So, um, so we don't need well, I mean, there's only so much, I mean, eventually we're going to run out of things to talk about because there's only so much of a human being there. Right. Like, oh no, there's, there's a lot to dive into. Okay. There's a lot to dive into, but we, we don't we can to, do it. We don't have to quite do it yet. First, one last thing to wrap up on the cornhole weekend. So yeah, what were the yeah. thoughts of the, have you talked to, have you guys like, like been able to chew on this and break it down yet? Like what were no. the thoughts of Stacy and Trey? Because I know, I know, like, I know travel you days are hard because, you know, travel days are super hard. So Mondays are dead Tuesday. I mean, yeah. we probably won't get real information on whatever, what everyone's opinions of the weekend, like maybe the end of this week, it'll be really broken down and kind of, all right, this is, this yeah. is what we need to do better. All, you know, this is what happened. Right. I actually thought that um, I know you had some concerns last week on the show about the ceiling height. So, yeah. so the first thing that, that I did was, well, when I walked up, I'm like, wait a second, this doesn't look like it's only going to be 12 feet. It looks higher than that. Yeah. And I went to Jimmy McGuffin and uh, he, ironically enough, he was the first one I ran into and, and you and I were thinking maybe he'd be the one if the ceilings were short, who'd have yeah. an issue. And, uh, uh, I said to Jimmy, I said, uh, how's the venue? He's like, I like it. I'm like, you got enough space and everything. He's like, I didn't, I didn't want to like, you know, throw anything into his head. And he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, it's great. So I don't think anyone had issues. Yeah. The streaming area was the only one that was kind of worrisome with that ceiling height up there, but yeah, it was plenty. I saw a few bags get close, but I mean, yeah. they were intentionally way up in the air. So, I mean, it was, it was high enough. It was, that's about as low as they can be though. I would say that is kind of whatever that height was needs to be our limit. Yeah. Because that was, there were a few airmails that I saw that were close, but not that didn't hit them. Yeah. Yeah. And for most people, I don't think it was a factor at all. But I actually, I actually, I mean, the, the hotel itself, you know, <laughs> the no the boat itself. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. We got I don't, don't want to be, I don't want to be negative, but we got sold a bill of goods. That was not the truth. But. Yeah. But, but that being said though, Bernie, I really thought I, I really liked the elevator. I liked the, the streaming courts were elevated. Yeah. You know, see, so we had the four courts up there and I liked that they were elevated. So you could kind of look down from that perch and see mm -hmm. everybody else down there qualifying. Yeah. Um, I actually thought it was a really cool vantage point. And then, and then the venue for the championships was so intimate. It was that old stage. Yeah. And it got loud and a lot of people packed in there and a huge shout out to the players and everyone who, who, uh, who came because it was a late night and I wasn't sure how many people were going to stick around, but yeah, a lot of people stuck around 
And I'm telling you, that place was was really electric. It, it, it I, I thought it was pretty good. I really did. I mean, I, I know the 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 casino is not a casino anymore. It's like an arcade now. I mean, they you know they got rid of all their 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 uh, slot machines, and it's like pinball machines now. And yeah, that was, that was like, pretty I, strange. That yeah. that was kind of weird. But but I, but as far as cornhole went, yeah. I actually thought it was kind of cool. I I. I would have liked to have seen because that was the old House of Blues, right? Where we where we had our broadcast set up. Right. Yeah. I have heard I've heard different things from people over the years. I, I think I think the majority of players like when the broadcast court is in the same room as everything else. Yep, they do. That's true. And yep. that, that way, you know, it makes it easier for everyone. And I think they'd like to play more matches on the broadcast court, you know, for the streaming purposes, but. Yeah, I I kind of like same thing when we're in uh, Valley Forge. I kind of like that separate venue where you can kind of pack it in. It's more intimate. I I yeah. like that. I I think it makes for better TV, and I think it's louder. I think it's better for and like I, I I like it all together. But I can see how the players would would rather you know the broadcast court be in the same room with everything else. But got to have big rooms, and there's just yeah. not a lot of facilities. You know, I, I keep hearing people look talking about. It's so funny, man. I keep hearing people talk about, well, we need big arenas. I was like, do you know what a thousand people looks like in a 70,000 foot, 70,000 seat arena? Yeah, got to be careful it's with the camera. not a good look. I mean, you you <laughs> can't get big until you can fill it. And then people always forget about square footage, right? Because so at Cornhole Courts is a 40 by 8 setup. You start putting 64 of those into a space, that is yeah. a lot of square footage. Right. A football field doesn't have a lot of square footage. It, it doesn't really when you start breaking it down into, into little, you know, little rectangles like that. So interesting, it, you know, just, just like when we were in Wichita and we had that whole floor, right? Of that whole arena. That what now we, that got used up quickly. Yeah. What do we get? Eight, yeah. eight sets in there. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't much. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, to find spaces that can fit what we need from a square footage perspective is very difficult. You're talking big ballrooms, right? Big, massive ballrooms, Vegas style casino ballrooms. Right. Exactly. Um, Huge. You know, you have multi-sport facilities like the, what, what we do in Rock Hill that have that. There's just not a lot of those spread around the country that have, it's, it's all about square footage. It's like, Oh man, the, the local complex here in my town, we, we, you know, we have our regionals. It's like, yeah. Can you put 64 sets in there? And yeah. then do you have the ability to bring in an ESPN truck and make sure you've got the power and all the IT needs for something like that? Like say Wi-Fi is the biggest thing, right? Oh, right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. And so. Yeah, the Wi-Fi not, bill that, that you all pay for those events and, is ridiculous. And Trey, you know, Trey talked about it's not so much having thousands of people in a building at the same time on Wi-Fi. Because sometimes hotels think of it that way. It's the ability that we can't have anything glitch. Everything has to be up to the minute. So the Wi-Fi signal, <coughs> excuse me, has to be so strong that it has to be able to handle that thousand some odd people and never let us lag. Right. If yeah. it lags, everything shuts down. Yep. So it's it's yeah, it's it's a lot more to it than just what people think. But you know, that's fine. That's but I, but I thought like, again, yeah, and, and I heard that comment too about you know having the main stage away from everything else is kind of a negative. But 
It looked great like on it. TV. It looked great on TV, yeah. and and I thought the setup was 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 pretty cool and pretty unique. But yeah, I, I see. I like it. You and I are kind of similar there. And one reason I like it, I don't. I'm not really as as involved in the setup anymore as I used to be. So hey, man, set it up wherever you want. <laughs> right. Sounds good to me. Knock it out. You guys yeah. crush it. No, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like. That. I thought like this cat and cat uh, and Curtis from Tupelo Raycom had a time putting that floor together. Oh, is that right? We had new uh, a new shipment for that for that floor came in. So you mean for the broadcast court? Yeah. Uh, not they all didn't match color wise. Oh, that's huge on TV. Yeah. So they had to kind of mix and uh, yeah, they. Oh, I felt so bad. I I was in there. Like, Amazing going, all this stuff, right? That goes on behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah, I was. Like, people. Yeah, it was, think dude, about it's that. a nightmare setting up the broadcast like that. People don't. People have no idea. What a nightmare that can be sometimes. Stupid TV people. And all you're doing is putting down floor. And then, you know, you might have uh, Travis come in with the lighting and Curtis and what those guys do with Super Low Raycom. It is, you know, that's that's brutal setup yeah. and stuff. I mean, the hours. It is. It is. Yeah. It, Kurt, yeah, Curtis and Travis, those guys, I mean, their whole crew and David, the, the amount of work and literally blood and sweat that they put, yeah. you know, into this behind the scenes. Uh, and I love those guys. Those guys are so much fun. What, what they, Josh they and those guys, really yeah. what Josh and those guys do, putting the boards down and everything, is hard. Yeah, it's hard work. And that's on that end, yeah. And then yeah. you got, you know, it's just. I was a part of all that for a couple of years, just to kind of get my feet wet, learn the business, all that kind of stuff. I. Yep. That's a that's a young man's game right there. That is oh, a yeah. young man's game. That is that is. So what's Josh so, doing? Josh, <laughs> it's a young man's game. Yeah, Josh. Josh is younger than we are. Yes. You know, I feel bad for him because, but he's, you know, those ex-military guys, man. It's all about toughness, right? Yeah. We got to give Josh on the show. We should do, we should do a weekly segment. Josh's cheesy, just awful pickup lines that actually work. <laughs> that needs to be a segment. That that needs to be a segment. Yeah. It's just, it's brutal. Josh's cheesy pickup lines? That actually work. I know it's all a right. long, dumb title, but that needs to be a segment. I think that does. We should get. <laughs> Apparently, we got to get Ghostfinger on here. Girls Throw Two Girls interviewed Michael Caine the other day. Is that right? I don't know if it's aired, but yeah. Oh, by the way, all right. So speaking of interviews, so a little bit of feedback on that as well. Um, pe people like people like the show when it's just you and I just kind of riffing on whatever. Um, but some of the guests that we have on, they like uh, that are not necessarily players because there are so many podcasts out there. Right, uh, where where the players are, are on those shows. I mean, originally when Stacy and I first started talking about doing this podcast, it was yeah. I mean, it was a long time ago. It was like a year ago, year and a half ago. And the the you know one of the reasons why we wanted to start this podcast was because obviously I get all these stories on the players, but during the broadcast I don't have a chance to really talk about them that much because the right. the game takes over and the game's so good and Trey starts doing his thing and Telestrator. It's I mean it's just gold. It's too, it's too good. Right. So we just don't have time for the stories. So the podcast was supposed to be a place for for me to be able to to tell those stories and share and have the player share. But then all these other podcasts started popping up, and that's what they're doing. So so the feedback I got was they like they like you and I just kind of riffing on you know cornhole and other sports. And they like they actually they actually I had probably three people, three or four people come up to me and say they like it when we have a guest from another sport and and come on and relate that sport to cornhole. You know, like when we had Josh Klingler who who right. covers the Kansas City Chiefs we had him on around the Super Bowl talking about you know how he interviews and uh, you know players you know for the Chiefs and and 
and, and trying to help our players be able to get better at interviews, that kind of stuff. Um, we had people on outside of yeah. our sports kind of drawing parallels to cornhole. So sure. maybe that's something we can keep doing. I wish we could find a that. basketball player on the college level right now, March Madness. Wouldn't that be a nice, a nice find? Oh my gosh. I've got, I've got plenty of them we can have on. And I also have a guy in Kansas. I mean, if, if we, yeah, well, we can probably find somebody to Chapel Hill too, but for sure, I got tons of guys in Kansas who can talk about, you know, the elite eight final four. If, if, Dude, we got to. We, all right, so we have to do that. All right. So yeah, Mark, I then, know you love basketball. I know. I, I, but it's just to me that's such an interest. Like if to get to to hear because like when they're talking about it in my head, I'm drawing the parallels. Right. Yeah. I'm making the analogies in my head. So it's yeah. You got, I I love the ins and outs of, of March Madness. Yeah. So we can for sure get somebody on. I mean, the, the number of coaches that uh, and players that that I've worked with. Can you um, imagine? And, and reporters who covered Final Four. So, yeah, we'll for sure do that here in the next Excuse couple weeks. Me. Whoa, whoa. That one snuck up on me. Can you imagine how – Am I boring you? Did you I'm just bo- yawn? I did. I, it snuck up on me. It came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it. How hard is it to do a, a one-loss tournament? One-shot deal. Doesn't matter as, how good you are at that point because as far as the player and a coach, you mean? Yeah, I mean, I think oh, the yeah. players are fine. I think the coaches it probably takes years off their lives, years. Yeah, and it's something. It's something that defines you and that you never forget. Yeah, and I mean, as as a coach, you, you're aware that if we played this team best out of seven, we might win in five games. Mm-hmm. But there's that one that's out there. There's always that one that's out there. And, and this turn, that's what makes this tournament so great. I know. But, but for all those kids that like to bet out there, remember the first weekend when you, you pick the underdogs, second weekend, you pick the favorites. So throwing that out there for everybody. Yeah. And I think even on the first day, I think I saw that the favorites still went 12 and four, even on that first day where there, well, where there were a few and wins and losses, but against the spread, I don't think so. That's that's what I mean as far as, as, 12 far as and Vegas four odds. The spread? I, I, I thought that's what I heard. They went 12 and four. With the Vegas odds, the first, huh? I wonder how just on the first day alone. Alone, there were there. I mean, there were big upsets, obviously that everyone was talking about. But I, I think, I think that's what I saw. But that's crazy. All right, you ready? We need if we don't start getting to Jeff and Bernie, it's gonna. And and, and really, before we start, well, I don't know if you want to make this the meet Jeff and Bernie segment or not. But that was another thing I heard this weekend. Um, and I think I told you this in Atlantic City, but believe it or not, there's still a lot of people who don't know our story of how we got affiliated with the league. Okay. I feel I feel like I've told my story a lot. I feel like I have too, but I'm I'll, I'll tell the but, story. You know, we've we've got we've got new people who are coming in all the time, and and that's and that's a big story. I mean, they want to know, you yeah. know, how I got in the, how I got into the game, and then how you got into the game, and and I think I know how you got. I mean, I I think you got into it because of your affiliation with Stacy and the fact that you guys go way back. And Obviously. a lot of people don't realize that you guys played basketball together in high school. I feel yeah. like we've told that story. Yeah. A, a lot, but there's a lot of people apparently haven't heard it. So, all right, so you go first. How right. how did you get into the league, and how did this whole relationship start with you and Stacy? Right. So, Stacy and I met. I transferred into the same school that he was in in eighth grade. So, in that time, in we played in Charlotte, Charlotte Country Day School. For those that want to look it up, um, we ended up playing junior high basketball together. That's kind of when we our friendship really kind of got cemented. We we knew each other before, but. You know, these were all kind of way too preppy private school kids. And it was the old it was the old money school. You know, the kind of thing I'm talking about, like there's different types of private schools. Oh, yeah. 
And so they were, they hazed me to no end when I first came. It was kids today don't even know what it's about. I hear about how hard it is. I mean, people just physically hazing you, you know, like, like just stuff that would you get arrested for today. But did you get taped to the goal standard on the basketball court? I, I mean, I, I had someone pee in my sleeping bag. We had these school in the woods things that we do. Oh, and okay. Yeah, it, it was that, rough. That escalated. But, quickly. but yeah, it did. Right. But then, yeah. uh, I played sports, which made it a little easier because you start to get built in friendships. And so I would say two after the second month into school, I was fine. I, you know, friend groups kind of started appearing and people kind of figured out who I was. And, but being so small, you know, they never pick on the giant kids. Right. Or the big kids. The tough. You're like, oh, we can pick on this guy because what's he going to do? <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, so I ended up we ended up being friends. We had like a lot of the same music, which happens with friendships a lot, like. Have you when guys always been into hip hop? Oh yeah, I, I got into so I, I got into hip hop. I mean, the first concert I ever went to was Run DMC in 1984. Nice. The first I remember the first real hip hop song I remember was The Message in 1982. Wow. There were others out there, but you know, all the you know, being a fourth, fifth, sixth grader, you know, and coming from where I came from in Charlotte, you wouldn't think that I would have been into hip hop, but it was new and different to me. I'd heard classic rock songs a billion times. Love the Stones, right? Love them. Great. Yeah. I've heard all those songs a hundred thousand times, right? So here comes this new thing. Punk rock, I liked too, but it was so aggressive that I could only listen to it in really small segments. But hip hop for me was kind of cool. And so I got into it and we got into it really early on. We found a record store in downtown Charlotte, these two brothers from Brooklyn owned, and they got everything in. And so we would go down there on weekends and just buy everything new, every 12-inch single, oh everything. You and Stacy together. And, and a couple other friends of ours, Yeah, our friend Dave Tompkins, who's actually, went, he took it the furthest. He became a writer. He actually lives in Brooklyn and is a hip-hop writer. Oh, my gosh. But yeah. He Anyway, but he uh, we, we would just buy it all and then cipher out what we thought was good, what we didn't like, right? So it was, we just got really, really into it. And so that helped our friendship. And then we, you know, and then, then we're friends, right? We're, we're in mm -hmm. high school, we're friends. And for those that don't believe Stacy played high school basketball, I weigh now what Stacy weighed in high school. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I, well, I, I, I was, I was telling a few people, I'm like, I'm like, these guys, I'm like, I know, say what you want. These guys were athletes yeah, back in right. high school. They could play athletic. I mean, I was I was very athletic, not a great athlete, because you've seen my temper and I have a really hard time calming down playing golf. I don't know what you're talking about. That's at my age now. Can you imagine me at 16, 17 years oh of age? Oh, my God, no. Yeah, horrible. And I just – that got in my way. I got in my own way a lot, put it that way. But very athletic. I mean, I had a great leg. All right, so, it, all right, so, all right, so you, guys, you guys are close. You and Stacey are close. Yeah. And became solid Two, friends. So, so where does the whole connection with 2010? 2010, we he decides we're going to do this tailgating business with inside tailgating, all these different tailgating games. Right. During that time, it was called the ATL back then, American Tailgating League. It was during that time that he figured out that cornhole kind of had this whole subculture around it. I left for a few years, went on to do other stuff. He stuck with it, rebranded, realized cornhole had a real passion, a real chance. Yeah. If certain things were done, they could take it to the next level with his business acumen and his ability to kind of create relationships with other businesses, ESPN, so on and so forth. 
it was able to progress to what it is now 2018 he needs help he can't do it by himself anymore he needs a lot more people to come in and that's when we all kind of start coming in the trays me everyone else start to kind of filter in 2017 2018 because he needs help He's, he can't do all of it. it's too big of a business at that point i'm right? actually not sure i knew that i, I didn't realize yeah. that that you kind of had gone your own way and then all of a sudden he needed help and then you guys I kind of came back in yeah. because there was just too much stuff. I mean, there was just too much stuff to do. Yeah. And so, and it just continues to grow. And now, you know, when you look at how many people we take to these nationals compared to when I first came back in 2018, there was like 10 of us, max, max. Wow. You know, now there's 35 people that we're bringing to these things, just staff. So it's, uh, it's crazy how much it's grown, but yeah, we've, I think, I think my biggest the, the best thing that I do for this business is when Stacy gets away from the court, away from the office, he can run things by me and I can be honest with him and I can be a sounding board for him. And whether he agrees with me or not, it allows him to talk things through that he can then go back inside his office and make real decisions. I think I think that is critical, Bernie. And, and, and I think that is you know, missing from a lot of other aspects of our life. You you can't just have yes men around you all the time, right? You have you to have you, you have can, to have someone. But, but it will break down eventually. I think it, yeah. yeah, I think it's dangerous to do that. Um, that's so important think, to have somebody Trey who's, serves who's that honest. Purpose. And when you see something you don't like, well. you know, you say it. Yeah, I mean, you have to have people disagree with you. Now they all know that you're the boss, and they know that they can only go so far with that disagreement because of my relationship with him. And the fact that we've been friends for since 1983, yeah, you know, I, it, I think I can say certain things to him that other people that are on his payroll can't say. So, do you remember something recently that you said to him? No, that, absolutely not. All right, I'm going to dive I, back. I can't. Into I that. can't. I can't. You knew I was going to ask you. I, I mean, yeah, I can't divulge <laughs> anything because I mean, I remember a few things. I'll, okay, I'll give you one. Okay. The, the fact that I do this show, the fact that I do the shows with Trey, and the fact that I do streaming, I have I have been told that I'm supposed to be opinionated. Because you, you know me in regular life, I'm very opinionated. Yeah, you are. But Stacey's like, I, no, I want you to do that. And if, if people are negative about what you say, I want that. I want 50% of the people thinking it's a great comment, 50% of the people thinking you're an asshole. <laughs> Right. Well, that's 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 one of the longest legends of of sports talk radio. And and that that's a goal for most of these guys on the sports talk radio. And and this goes all the way back to Ron Barr, I think, with Sports Byline USA. Wow. Yeah, Um, yeah, I'm showing my age. But uh, but I think I'm pretty sure it was Ron Barr. His saying was. um, There will be five people who love me. There will be five people who hate me, but all 10 will respect me. And that was basically his goal. Yeah, I don't know how much they respect me, but I would say that, <laughs> that I've got a certain. I might have five that like me. I've got quite a few more that don't. But at the same, but do time, any of them respect you? Yeah, I doubt it. But I, I don't. I've been accused of being mean. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe we could try something new. Five people who like you, five people who hate you, and none of them respect you. Yeah, I mean, now, now we're on to something. Yeah, that's. The, I'm really on to something new. I've created a whole new segment of broadcasting. <laughs> No, I don't think I'm ever mean, but I've been accused of being mean. You're not mean. I, I'm honest. Yeah. If a player's playing poorly on a court that I'm calling, I'm going to say they're playing poorly. Now, I will make jokes, and there's, there's, a, a, the, my wit can be dry. 
and not every <laughs> not everyone understands dry wit, right? Is that is that is that the word for it? Dry? Dry. Okay. Can be very dry at times. So when I'm making a joke about something, it can come across kind of plainly, like I'm saying it, I guess meaning it, I guess. But if I mean something, I'm gonna be pretty adamant about it. I'm not gonna say it in a glib glib fa fashion. I mean, I, you know, let me let me just jump in real quick and say it is not easy to broadcast. People think that this job is so easy, right? All you do, pick up a microphone and just start talking. It is not when, when because there's no filter, right? When you say something, it's gone. You yeah. can't bring it back. Can't bring it back. Yeah. And and That's, if you just sit there and you and you're just and you're just kind of loving on everybody and all that kind of stuff. Boring, man. And 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 not telling it like it is. You know, there was a day in sports where you could do that. You know, the old school broadcasters, you could do that and just paint whatever picture you wanted and 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 uh you know not tell it like it was like you were talking about but nowadays listeners viewers are too savvy they're going to know they're going to know you, i mean the, the day of the homer homers get get kicked out of this business well unless they, they you're working do. for that school right i mean and we're not working for any one of these players still burning fan, fans don't like that if you're a homer for your school they don't like it they I, want you to tell it like it is yeah i th that's true and and so that was a charge that was told to me. So I think people are like, yeah, like I'm not Anthony. I am, you know, Anthony gets on and it's like, it's so funny to work a game with Anthony because Anthony's going to talk, 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 talk. I walked up to one of the streaming courts and, and I looked down at my watch and I watched you for two minutes. I mean, it was, no, no, it was three minutes. I watched you and you didn't say a word. No. Anthony went the whole time. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> to do what I do with Anthony, this is it. All right, everybody, welcome back inside, blah, blah, blah. Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, he goes, yeah, and then and I, I think, and, I, <laughs> yeah. and then you took, and then you took you guys to commercial break. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's all I did. Yeah, but, you know, I, but see, some people like that in our, in our world because they're so into the game and it's their passion, and I understand that. I think I'd be a good baseball announcer because there's so much oh, free you would time. Be. Because yeah. there's so much free time that I could go on these wild tangents and then come back. Hey, three, two. That ball's outside. But let me tell you, Jeff. You like you could easily come back and do. You all would be a great <laughs> baseball broadcaster. I but totally I think agree. people. I think people do get frustrated because, like, when I, I was doing streaming with Cat this weekend, and I knew I could get Cat off topic. I just knew. I just knew I could. And so I was doing. I think it she's. Her. I think she's really good. By the way, she I, is good. I love her. She her is good, voice. She, her yeah. voice on the air is really good. She is good, but she's opinionated as well. And so mm -hmm. I know, and I'm doing it on purpose to her. And she was getting so mad. I'd be like, she'd start talking about the match. And I'd be like, oh, man, well, what do you think about And I'd just start doing anything I can to get her, like, off her, to get her to then get animated about something. And then right. she'll just go, right? And then she's off with me way down this tangent highway. And you're like, yes. <laughs> Win again. Now, the people at home might be like, wow, that entire match got played. And y'all talked about it for three seconds. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, it's, but anyway, that's sorry. See, this is what I do. I get on tangents because that's how my brain. Works I hadn't, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> that's strange. <laughs> but yeah, so Stacy and I've known each other for so long, and that's how I got involved in the business. And okay, good. I actually went to school for broadcast communications, and so I I didn't do all the things like you did. I didn't follow up on it after you know with school. I I didn't have the confidence as a 21, 22 year old. You went to Elon, right? I did. Did you graduate? I did not. I went so how back long were later. You, how long were you there? I was there for four years. I was <laughs> there for four years. 
Hey, it took me five years at Kansas. Well, well, here's what happened. At the end of four, my mom looked at me and said, I'm not paying for that. Yeah. You can do, I mean, you, you know, you're going to be like that. I'm not paying for it. You want to go back to school, you're paying for it. Yeah, Elon's not cheap. No, no, it's not. And my grades were not good. Tell you what, though, I had a great time. <laughs> I had a yeah. great time in college. I know it's so much fun. I, I I would I would I wouldn't change anything about my college days. I love no, it. not a bit. I mean, I, I would have liked to have paid a little bit more attention, but eighteen to twenty one. I mean, I, I would have graduated at twenty one. I was just young. Yeah, I was young and stupid. I was very immature. No, we all are. You know, I mean, I, look, I had all my friends. Like, I had one friend who just kind of knew that his life was kind of set. Like, he he ended up taking physics to get his last science credits, and he got a D. He came back. He's like, yeah. Yes, it's over. I got it. I got it. I was like, what'd you get? He's like, I don't know, man. It wasn't enough. I'm out of here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we now have one minute left, and and apparently we're going to have to rename the segment. Apparently, it's just the uh, Meet Bernie segment now. Meet Bernie segment. All right. So next one's all about you. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. Next one's all about you. Dude, you can't let me do that, though. See, this is the problem. I'll go tangent. Well, so now it's my fault. It's your fault. It's all Jeff's (laughs) fault, people at home. No, see, I, this this is exactly what happens, and this and this is this is the feedback that I got from the people that they want more of this, and okay. and now again we've got thirty <laughs> seconds left, and it's over. Another so now episode. We're gonna, now we're like gonna have, now we're gonna have to wait until next week. Nice. So, and we still need to try and get Phil Home Youthon. I mean, Phil Phil wanted to come on the show, and and Odie, Odie, got, got Odie from SWAT. We still have to get him on. We'll get somebody from basketball. So. This is the problem. You come on here and run your mouth. I mean, this is the problem. You <laughs> come on here and start talking, <clears throat> and all of a sudden our time is done. <laughs> all right. So that wraps up this week's edition of Meet Bernie. <laughs> you guys are all welcome for that insight inside the brain of Bernie. <laughs> all right, brother. We got to go. We got three seconds left. All right, man. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye.